Good morning, class. Good morning, Brother Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to the Faith School. Faith School is the place where our spirit gets fed, where our faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. There's always more to learn about walking in faith, always more to learn about following the Lord, about uh, walking this uh, Christian life of faith, and um, it all comes out of His Holy Word. Every answer that you need to have answered is in the Word. Every question you have about Scripture, you'll find in other Scripture. It's all here if you have eyes to see it. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with, and come on into the classroom with us. Let's agree together to get revelation and help and direction for today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking for uh, the, the ministry and the message for right now, asking for the anointing, asking for the utterance and the hearts that can discern and understand and the ears that can hear it. Thank you, Lord. You're so gracious. Every time we need something, you're there and you are faithful and we, we call you faithful. We we confess that you are completely faithful to us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. You never let us down. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for keeping us. And we purpose that we are not going to leave you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you agree with that, say amen. That's, uh, he, you can count on him. He's not going to leave you. But can he count on you? <laughs> that you're not going to leave him. We're, we're staying hooked. In Philippians, the second chapter, if you'd turn there, we've been looking for a number of classes now at this healing account of a man called Epaphroditus. Uh, you know, our names are a lot shorter uh, in our society today where we grew up, so once in a while I'll shorten it to Epi, but uh, I'm talking about the same guy. And in verse 25, notice what happened. Paul said, I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. We know from the fourth chapter in this same little book that he said, verse 18, I received of Epaphroditus the things that were sent from you. So there were a number of things that um, the Lord got to Paul through this church at Philippi sent by the hand of this man named Epaphroditus. Um, Matthew talks about this, that how people are worrying about what are we going to eat, what are we going to drink, what are we going to wear, and he said, don't don't be careful and don't take anxious thought about those things. He said, after all these things the Gentiles seek, the Father knows that you have need of these things. 
But he goes on to say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Do you hear how many times the word things is there? Does the Lord know you need some things? We just quoted the verse. He said, the Father knows you have need of these things. And uh, he wants you to have it. He uses people. Um, The Lord is not going to start printing uh, whatever currency is in your country in heaven and send raining it down here, that, that'd be counterfeit. <laughs> um, what we need naturally is down here on the planet. And it is in the hands of somebody somewhere. And the Lord is the great orchestrator. He's the great facilitator. He knows how to get something from here to there. And um, that's what actually, um, uh, when... Abram, Abraham offered up his son Isaac um, and they're going up the mountain, you know, and, and he said, his son said, Father, you know, here's the, uh, the wood, here's the, the fire, here's the, the this, where's the sacrifice? And he said, the Lord will provide. And it's one of those great compound redemptive names, Jehovah Jireh, which actually means the Lord who sees now, you might think, well, I thought it meant the Lord who provides. It does. Well, but it means the Lord who sees. Yes, the Lord who sees ahead and provides the supply. Um, think about the very word we use, provision. Pro what? Vision. Vision. Pro means before or for, and, and vision is seeing. So it's Provision involves foresight, pre-planning. And what he's saying is that um, uh, the Lord already knows what we need and he has already set it up for us and it'll show up at the right time. He'll cause it to. Well, did it? You know, just about time he got ready to sacrifice him, the angel arrested him, told him to stop, and there was a ram just happened to be caught in the thorns right there beside the altar. Well, you know, my question is, where was that ram eight hours ago? (laughs) He was headed to the spot. Whether he knew it, he didn't know it, but he was headed to the spot so he could be in the right place at the right time to be the provision. Is God the God of provision? Is he... Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees ahead and provides the supply. The thing we need to make sure of is that we're following him and we're on the right path. Because if Abraham hadn't been on that mountain that he was told to go to at that spot at that time, he wouldn't have seen the provision that God prepared there because that's where it was. If he decided to ignore God and go another way, the provision of God would not have been on the path of disobedience. It was on the path of faith, on the path of of obeying. So our part is to pray, to check, to listen, to follow. And if we'll do that, God's never surprised by what we need. (laughs) Right? 
it never does do you come to him in prayer and go, oh God, I got to have this by the end of the month. Never does he go, what? When did this happen? Michael, Gabriel, what's going on? <laughs> never, never. He knew, he's already got the provision headed your way before you know you're going to need it. That's, that's him. Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees ahead, provides. Hallelujah. Uh, well, uh, Paul was going to need some things when he was in this prison at this juncture and place in, in his life. And God saw to it that through this church, through this individual, what he needed got to him, even though this man had to travel a hazardous journey for some 800 plus miles God got him, got him there, got the stuff there. And Paul was well taken care of. That's what he said. He said, uh, I, I am full. Don't you like the sound of that? I am, I, I've received the things that were sent from him. Everybody say things, things. Does God want you to have some things? Do you need some things? Yeah. Somebody said out loud, I will have, I will have all the things, all the things I need. I'll have. Did you know he even gives you richly all things to enjoy, the scripture says. He'll even give you things you don't actually need, you just enjoy them. I got things at my house that don't serve any purpose in the world except I enjoy it. Enjoy looking at it, enjoy having it. Uh, the Lord is that kind of God. He will give you something just because you enjoy it. Now, if you don't believe that, then you're going to miss out. Yeah, and people say, well, I, no, you know, God knows what I need and, and uh, I, if, if I don't have it, then it must be because I don't need it. Well, it's not all up to Him. Uh, you've got to believe that He's good. When you come to God, you've got to believe He is and you've got to believe He's a rewarder of those that seek Him. Well, what if you don't seek Him? Well, you're going to miss out. What if you don't believe He's a good God that rewards? Well, you're going to miss out. You don't want to miss out. Say, I believe, I believe. And, I'm and I'm seeking God, and I will enjoy, I will enjoy many, good things many good things in my life. In my life. Hallelujah. And, and when, when you do, and if somebody says something about it, don't talk about how hard you've worked and how you deserve it. Talk about how good God is and just how gracious he is and that he'll do the same thing for them. He goes on to say in chapter 2, let's get back to that. He said, uh, he ministered to my wants or my needs. He longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that you had heard that he had been sick. Religion gets things all twisted up, mixed up. I'm talking about man's religion that's apart from the Word of God. And they'll try to tell you sometimes that, you know, sickness is God's blessing in disguise. Well, if it is, it's not something to be lamented over. If it was a blessing from God, you ought to rejoice. But everybody knows sickness is not good. It's not fun. And if you really believed that you were sick because it was God's will or God's plan for your life, you shouldn't dare go to the doctor and try to get rid of it. Y'all are quiet, class. Huh? But, but we, we're all pro-doctor, right? And pro-getting rid of the problem. Why? That's the natural means of doing it. But there's a, 
a greater spiritual means. And you don't have to pick between the two. You can have both working in your life. And you can mix faith with both. But uh, sickness is not and can never be a blessing in disguise. Now, I know some people teach, teach different from that, but I'm telling you, show it to me in the Bible. <laughs> you know, I don't just want to hear opinion. What does the Word actually say? Well, what would they have to be sorrowful about? And what was bad about him being sick if it's sometimes the will of God? Well, sickness is never the perfect will of God. And sickness is not a good thing. The Bible said, Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good. Everybody say good. Doing, doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Here we're told, that's Acts 10, 38. We're told that everybody that was healed in the ministry of Jesus, which was thousands upon thousands, if you put them all together over the years, that every one of those that got that healing happened in, that was a good thing. And that all of them that had sickness, all that sickness was satanic oppression. Now that's Bible. People believe other things, but I believe the Bible. Yes. How about you? Yes. I, I'm, I'm going to accept the Word of God. I, I, I'm not going to accept that sickness, and, and it, you don't have to uh, make it difficult how could sickness that destroys the human body be pleasing to the creator of the human body? God made human bodies and they are amazing. The scripture says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And sickness can attack bodies and destroy bodies and, and warp them and deform them until they barely resemble what they were intended to be. How is that going to please the Creator? You know, if somebody's a master painter or a master sculptor, and then some Yahoo comes along with a spray can and, and messes it up and tears it up, is that going to bless the Creator yeah. of that thing? No, no, no. The reason why sickness is in the earth is because sin came into the earth through Adam and Eve and because death has come as a result of that sin. And so sickness is incipient death. It is the beginnings of death. And if you get sick enough, then the body is dead. So it's not the will of God. It can't be the will of God. And Jesus came and took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses and carried our pains, not so we could stay sick. Amen. Huh? Any more than he bore our sins so we could stay bound by sin. He bore these things so we could be free. And no matter what you're experiencing symptom-wise, don't let that move you, uh, you know, even though you've made mistakes and you've committed sins and you've missed it, that doesn't mean it's God's will for you to live in sin. Right? It just means you need to grow and you need to repent and you need to receive your forgiveness. Well, the same thing with healing. Just because you've got some symptoms of sickness or problem, that doesn't mean it's God's will for you to have to live with that or you get worse. You say, no, I received my healing. And you start growing and you start learning and making adjustments. And not only can you be healed, but you can live in health. Yeah. 
divinely sustained health so that year after year, oh yeah, this body hadn't been completely changed yet, so it's subject to the weaknesses and all the stuff. You're aging and you got all that to deal with, but God can keep you in good operating condition and sustain you until you've lived your whole life, run your whole course. It's part of the benefits of being a Christian, part of what belongs to us in Christ. Said out loud, forgiveness belongs to me in Christ. Healing belongs to me in Christ. Peace belongs to me. Joy belongs to me. Provision belongs to me. Protection belongs to me in Christ. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law so that the blessing of Abraham could come on me. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? Is that scripture I'm quoting? Do you know your Bible? Yeah, that's scripture. That's Galatians. That's other, other places. Thank God. What a good life it can be. Doesn't mean you'll never have any challenges or issues, but you're an overcomer. You, you make the changes, you overcome, you grow. He said, uh, he ministered to my wants. Verse 26, he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because you heard that he had been sick. Like I said, if sickness had been some kind of blessing in disguise, it'd be something to rejoice over, not for them to lament over and be grieved over. Sickness is a bad thing. It's never a blessing in disguise or otherwise. It's a curse. It's always a curse. It's bad. It's not of God. It's not God's perfect will. Verse 27 says, For indeed he was sick. Epaphroditus was sick. They had heard he was sick. Paul's telling him, Well, you heard right. He was sick. And he was sick nigh unto death. He was at death's door sick. But God. Don't you like that? <laughs> I mean, if we just end at the first part of verse 27, it's a pretty dark story. <laughs> it was a hard trip. He got sick. He got really sick. He's at death's door. But God. <laughs> Don't you like Come on. Don't you like that? But God had mercy on him. Come on, say it out loud. But God, but God had, mercy on him. had mercy on him. Say it again. But God, but God had mercy on him. Is that your story too? Yes. Is that my story? How many times? It was bad. <laughs> it didn't look good. It didn't look like it was going to come out good. But God <laughs> had mercy on us. And not that we deserved it. Not that we earned it. Not that we had done everything right. That's what mercy is all about. When you haven't done everything right. So here's the question. God had mercy on Brother Epi. And that's how come he didn't die right then. But he lived on for years I guess. And, and, and had other fruit of ministry. And it's a really nice ending to the story. That uh, yeah it was rough. Yeah he was sick. Yeah he was at death's door. But. By the time these guys are finding out about this, he probably hand-delivered this letter to them, and they're seeing him, and they're so happy. He's back. He made it all the way back. He's healthy, all because of the mercy of God. 
Does God still show mercy today? And for who? Who is mercy for? Who's it available to? Now, if you were with us in our previous study, we looked at 20 different individual cases in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, people that got healed under Jesus' ministry. And you'll see that almost half of those Mercy was specifically mentioned. Let me just remind you, without you turning there, um, the Bible said concerning the leper. He said, Lord, I know you can heal me if, if you will. And the Bible said the Lord was moved with compassion. Reckon he still moved with compassion. Does he still care? Moved with compassion, touched him, he was healed, his leprosy departed. The two blind men came and said, Lord, have mercy on us. And you remember how they left? They left healed. They left seeing. The Syrophoenician woman, you remember she came and said, Lord, have mercy on on me and on my daughter. She's grievously vexed with a demon spirit. How did that turn out? Delivered and healed. What would she ask for? Mercy. What would she get? Healing. (laughs) Which is a mercy. It must be a mercy because she asked for mercy and got healing. Say it out loud. Healing. Healing. Is a, is a mercy. Deliverance, Deliverance. Is, mercy. is mercy. Then the, the man that had to, the boy that had seizures, you remember that? That's what he came. He said, Lord, you know, uh, if you can do anything, have mercy on us. And how'd that turn out? Uh, the boy was delivered and healed and restored. The ten lepers, they stood afar and cried and said, Lord, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on us. How'd that turn out? They all got cleared. Cleansed, cleared of that, healed, blind Bartimaeus by the roadside. Son of David, have mercy on me. How'd that turn out? Help me out. How'd that turn out? He got his sight. He, he was delivered. He was healed. And in uh, three additional ones to those even, the man that had the withered hand, the woman with the spirit of infirmity, the man that had what was called the dropsy, their deliverance was compared, those three, to the relieving of an animal's suffering that was tied out and needed to get to water, that you should be compassionate and loose the ox or the donkey uh, and get them, let, let them get water even on the Sabbath day. And, and so based on that thinking, the Lord healed those three. Can you, can you see that? Compassion. Mercy. Hallelujah. Well, uh, should we follow scriptural precedent? Yes. Is there anything better to follow? No. Huh? What else are you going to be following if you're not following that? So if you're in a bad way, you've been attacked with sickness, is it appropriate to call out for mercy? Yes. Huh? Yes. And in, in what we see in these accounts, everybody that came to Jesus and called out for mercy left healed. Every, somebody say every one, every, every one. Now there were people he went to even in his own hometown and preached to that didn't receive him and they didn't receive, but that's a different thing. But every one that came to him and asked for mercy left healed. Not just once, not twice, not just three times, not just a half dozen times. Do you see what I'm talking about? Is this something that should be an anchor in our soul that mercy is available? Right? To how many? 
Well, let, let's see some more scripture. Let, let's get it even more established. Go to this book of Psalms. And man, there's a lot of this in, in the Psalms. But let's just look at uh, two or three major places here that are so obvious and so emphatic about it. Psalm 145, verse 8. It says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. Is he still that way? What, what do you think? Verse 9, the Lord is good to who? To all. And his tender mercies are over what? All, all his works. Are you part of his works? Yes. Verse 18, the Lord is near to them that call on him. To all, to, to all. Do, do you hear these words? To all that call on him, to all that call upon him in truth, he will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and save them. Is it the word of God? Yes. Who does it work for? Everybody? No. But to everybody that calls on him. Come on, can you see that? Everybody that calls on him and believes and receives to every one of them. Mercy is given. Mercy is shown. How many believe enough mercy from God could get you out of anything? Huh? Enough of God's mercy could fix any situation that could happen in your life. That's how big he is. Go to the 103rd Psalm. Psalm 103, just, just back a few pages. Psalm 103 verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Are you noticing the word all? All. All. Who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Verse 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. Everybody say plenty of mercy. Plenty of mercy. The Lord's not running low on mercy. He's not running short on mercy. He's got plenty of mercy. Go to Psalm 86 and verse 5. Some, this is one of my favorites on it. Psalm 86, 5 says, For you, Lord, are good, ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call on you. Unto how many? All. Lord, you are plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon you. Paul and Epaphroditus called on the Lord in their time of need, and God had mercy on them. He had mercy on Epaphroditus, and, he, and Paul said he had mercy on me too. Why? Because in healing him, it blessed Paul, right? And it blessed all the folks back home at the church at Philippi. Reckon he'd have mercy on you, child of God. Reckon he'd have still have mercy today. Everybody sit out loud. Lord, I trust in your mercy. I ask you for mercy for me today in my life, in my situations. Thank you for healing me, delivering me, restoring me, providing for me. I rely. And I trust in your mercy. Hallelujah. That's it. Our time's up today. Come back with us tomorrow. 
We've still got some more verses in this, but until then, enjoy the mercy of God. We'll see you soon here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.